When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Ah, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Happy New Year. It is 2022, January 3rd. This is Wake Up with Ray G. We are back live in the building here on my YouTube channel, at RayGQ on YouTube. Thank you all for waking up this morning and tapping in with your boy. And of course, you know, I got my man, Jay Rich, with me. Jay, how you doing this morning, baby? I'm good, baby. I'm good. You know, we're back. Back. New year, new show, new me. New year, new me. New year, new me. Loving it. Yeah, man. Um, New year, new AB. I love it. Uh, AB, we got new setups. You're in a new house. You got a new setup. I switched my stuff around. Uh, but it's uh, it's exciting, man. You know, we talked a lot throughout, you know, the past couple of weeks where we had some time off watching the NFL, watching the college football bowl games. And we went back and we were thinking about what we could do to make the show better. Right. Like, let's improve it. Let's give the people what they want. Why do people tap in to to the YouTube channel? Why do people rock with Destination Debbie? Why do people rock with myself, rock with you, rock with what we're putting down? It's because it's, it's football, man. It's at the end of the day, it's football. It's NFL draft prospects. It's rookies. It's dynasty. It's fantasy football. Uh, just being real. I, I don't think people really care if we talk about the NBA playoff race. I don't think they really tap into us for our horrible uh, MVP baseball picks. Like nobody comes to this channel to hear me talk about betting Vlad Guerrero Jr. for, for AL MVP. Nobody cares about that. What they care about is... NFL draft, rookies, dynasty, fantasy football. And I think some people enjoy our prop bets. We like doing that. So that's what we're going to do moving forward on this show. It is 100% football. We're not, we're not, unless my Los Angeles Lakers win an NBA title, you're not going to hear us talk about basketball. We're not going to talk about baseball. We're not going to talk about hockey. We're not going to talk about any football, football, football. 
every single day that we're on this show. It's going to be so football related, fantasy, dynasty, redraft, prop bets about football. We're going to bet on a, a bunch of stuff, especially when it comes to the 2022 NFL draft, right? We need to make sure. We need to make sure that we're getting those bets in for the first wide receiver off of the board, the first player drafted, how many wide receivers taken in the first round, and then we'll stay tapped into everything that's happening in the NFL. So I think the new focus of the show and what we're going to be diving into, uh, I, I just think it's going to be better for everybody, Jay. And I'm excited about it, man. Yeah, you're right, man. And it's funny because I was telling you this morning, this is the first show we've done 90 episodes where we didn't have a bet lined up. So we're just yeah. completely changing the show, but it's going to be football all the time. And again, it's getting back to our roots, getting it back to what we know. I'm super excited because we've done so many prospect profiles and all everything that we do is only going to get bigger and better. Yeah. And there's going to be more of it every morning. You can tap in with us, ask us questions live. Yeah. Or if you just want to listen back on the podcast or watch it back, you have that option too. Lots of Ray G content coming in 2022. Yeah. I'm excited for it. And as Jay said, we will be doing prospect profiles live with you guys. So I see a lot of people in the comments talking about Brees Hall, RB1, Traylon Burks, this and that. We'll be talking about those prospects live on this show. Uh, again, we still will be doing bets, prop bets, and things like that once the NFL season, once the NFL draft odds come out. We'll be doing that. But it's all football all the time, dynasty redraft, all that other good stuff. But we've got to get into some news. We're going to get into some news right after we go to the morning run let's go wake up this is the morning run, run, force, run. all right jay take us away baby all right so the national championship game is set we have bama versus georgia we saw georgia beat down michigan and we saw alabama beat down matt bruning cincinnati bearcats i'm really sorry i know you guys didn't want to see it I'm pumped for the rematch. Georgia currently is favored. I think that line will move a little bit in Bama's direction, but the national championship game is set. Monday, tap in with us. Thursday, we're going to preview the whole thing. Monday, we'll talk about it as well. Pumped for the Natty SEC rematch. Going to be a great game. On top of that, North Carolina quarterback Sam Howe declared for the NFL draft. He made a little video, center field at Tar Heel Stadium. Looked good, but we'll see what happens with Sam Howe. His stock's been going down for the, honestly, the entire season pretty much. But he did declare, and uh, like you actually informed me of, Ray, he is Senior Bowl eligible because he did graduate. So I am hoping we do see Sam Howe at the Senior Bowl. Maybe we can get a Ray G times Sam Howe collab interview. I don't know. You're going to be at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. I can hope for it, but we'll see. Sam Howe hopefully going to the Senior Bowl. I think it can do a lot for his draft stock. And on top of that, we saw some NFL teams clinch yesterday. One of the big ones was the Philadelphia Eagles. Even though they're actually in sixth place right now in the NFC, or seventh place right now in the NFC, they've actually clinched a playoff berth. So the only teams that can get in, in the, on the NFC side are the New Orleans Saints and the San Francisco 49ers. I'm assuming it means that San Fran has to lose, New Orleans has to win. But that's it for the NFC. On the AFC side, it's still a big race. The biggest game next week will be Sunday night. It's the Chargers versus the Raiders. Win and you're in. Um, and then a couple other games sprinkling in there. But obviously the biggest game last night, Joe Burrow beating from Burrow, and we'll get into that a little bit. But on top of that, man, the Antonio Brown saga, ah, uh, yeah, it, it took another turn yesterday. In the middle of the game, third quarter, he just had a complete meltdown. You just see videos start popping up of Antonio Brown going crazy on the sidelines. Bruce Arians at the end of the game was like, Antonio Brown is no longer a buck. I'm not talking about it after that. And that was that. AB, you know, he's releasing rap songs. He's going crazy on the sidelines in the middle of a game, by the way. 
And, you know, even you were talking to me saying there was more reports coming out about that today. All I saw was AB wilding with Uber drivers on Instagram. But, Ray, maybe you have a better update. For yeah. So that. just a couple of minutes before we went live, Ian Rappaport tweeted out um, that here's the situation with AB. So apparently, you know, leading up all to the week, he hadn't practiced ankle injury, you know, wasn't in practice, limited, all this other stuff. Uh, but apparently AB said he didn't feel good. Like he didn't feel right. Uh, he was not a hundred percent. And Bruce Arians said, get in the game. And Antonio Brown pretty much was like, I'm, I'm hurt, man. Like I'm not getting in the game. Uh, BA says, get back in the game. AB says, I'm not going in. I'm hurt. And then you see what happens here. So it's a little like, they always say that there's two sides to every story and the truth lies somewhere in between uh, that, you know, those 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 truths. I, I've never seen anything like this ever in football. Like, and I've been a part of some wild games myself. Personally, I've seen some wild stuff happen at football games, at sporting events, but I've never seen, like, l literally as AB's doing this, and we're watching, those of y'all that aren't watching, he's, he's walking off, he's got a shirt off, towel in the back, and he's walking off the field. The Bucks are on the field. Like, they're on the field playing a game. And here he is in the end zone, wa waving his hands up, wa chunking up the deuce, saying bye, running off the field. Uh, he quit. Like, he was done. I've, I've never seen this uh, from a player. And it, it's funny, man, because as you watch that clip, man, as you watch this clip, I, I want you to, I want to tell you guys where A.B. realized it was over. So Mike Evans trying to calm him down. Right now, he's still a buck. He's still a buck. He's still a buck. And at this point, he commits to the theatrics. And right about now, he realizes it's a wrap. So he's going full drama mode. Like at this point, he, there's no comeback. Put your pads back on and you're going in the game. At this point, he was no longer a buck right here. Now it's just commit, commit to the drama. I'm going to chunk my undershirt and it doesn't make it to the stands. I'm throwing my gloves. That didn't make it to the stands. It's just... It's the wildest thing I've ever seen, Jay, but apparently that was the situation that was happening with A.B. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be the hot topic across all major sports media outlets uh, today, man. Yeah, he's have to be. How could he not? Uh, A.B. again, the antics, sometimes the trouble's just not worth it. B.A. obviously realized that he's had his second, third, fourth, fifth chances. Hall of Fame talent. Hall of Fame head, head case on top of that. Now, I wanted to update you, Ray, on our updated Offensive Rookie of the Year odds because, of course, why can't they just stay the same? Mac Jones won nine games this year, but when Jamar Chase goes off for 265 oh, yeah, yards and three touchdowns, yeah. now all of a sudden he's the favorite. Offensive yeah. Rookie of the Year, Jamar Chase going to win minus 225. Mac Jones plus 175. Mac Jones this week played for the Dolphins. Unless he goes no. off for 500 yards and seven touchdowns, I don't really see a case where he wins Rookie of the Year. Now, you, unfortunately, my friend, are not going to be happy with this MVP news. Aaron Rodgers, minus 400 to win MVP. Your boy, Tom Brady, your preseason pick, yeah. plus 500. And Joe Burrow, 10 to 1 to win MVP, which to me is a little bit shocking because while I love Burrow, I think he's having an amazing season, I didn't think he'd be top three in MVP voting. So that's interesting. Plus 1,000, he's not going to win, but Rodgers, it's got to be him. They have the number one seed. They're locked up. He's not playing next week. There's no way. Everyone else, though, they got to play. Yeah. I mean, Offensive Rookie of the Year, listen, it, it normally goes to a quarterback, and we've talked about this all season. This award normally goes to a quarterback. We saw Justin Jefferson break uh, the receiving yard record last year. Jamar Chase has shattered that this year. Normally, And it still went to Justin Herbert. 
Mac Jones was in prime position going into this game. I believe he was minus 500, minus 350 to win offensive rookie of the year. And it literally was a 400 point swing overnight. When you catch 11 passes for 260, what do you have? 266, 226. How many did he have? He had 266 and three. 266 and three. I mean, it's his, it's, it's a wrap. He's about to finish the season with damn near 1600 receiving yards. He's minus 225. Mac Jones plus 175. I'll just say this. I was in the building for most of the season. Like until Jamar Chase went berserk yesterday, I had a good shot with my Mac Jones pick. I put that in. And for everybody out there, I had the courage of my damn conviction. I bet Mac Jones in May, in May, I put a note, I put a unit on Mac Jones to win Offensive Rookie of the Year before Cam Newton was released because of the the the, the narrative, right? I was like, he's going to be on a team that's going to the playoffs. He's got a good situation around him. It normally goes to a quarterback. Uh, Justin Fields has to deal with the Andy Dalton, Matt Nagy situation. Trevor Lawrence had to deal with Urban Meyer. Trey Lance wasn't going to start. So the, the process was right. The result is not going to end up the way that I wanted it to for neither my MVP pick in Tom Brady or Offensive Rookie of the Year. But that's okay. I am going to hit Defensive Rookie of the Year. I got that in the bag. And I told you before we got out of here in December, putting some money on Joe Burrow for Comeback Player of the Year uh, seemed like a smart bet. But unfortunately, it still looks like Dak Prescott is. And I am Dallas Cowboys through and through. Through and through. Uh, Joe Burrow, what he's done. I asked the question, man, would you rather have in Dynasty Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? And everybody's just like, it's easy. It's Herbert. I don't think it's that close of a call, man, but neither here nor there. Finish us out with the news, man. Yeah, so the last piece of news is Monday Night Football tonight. It's Ben Roethlisberger in his last game at Heinz Field. So we'll see what happens with that. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are really going to want to play this game. And I mentioned to you, I think TJ Watt tonight can lock up that defensive player of the year. I love Micah Parsons. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to get to Kyler Murray. Now we have TJ Watt in primetime on Monday Night Football. It will be all about Ben, but TJ Watt on the other side of that defense, if he's able to play and go in this game, he gets a couple sacks on Baker Mayfield. We'll see. He, I think that would put him at like 17, 18 sacks on the year. I think TJ Watt could lock up comeback or lock up defensive player of the year. But we'll see what happens with the Steelers, man. Ben, swan song, got to watch it. Don't want to watch it because he's yeah. probably not going to play overly well. But maybe for his last game, he can put it together for the fans in Pittsburgh. They can cheer him on. They can get a dub over Cleveland. Yeah, man. This is supposed to be Ben's last game at Heinz Field. Uh, great career. Hall of Famer is going to be in the hall. Uh, good for Ben. Uh, good for us that we, do not, we don't have to watch Ben struggle to throw passes and get beat up behind that Pittsburgh offensive line much more. But Hall of Fame career. Shout out to Ben Roethlisberger. But I, it, it's, it, this, is, this is what we're not going to shout out. Kirk Herbstreet and, and college football. So for those of you who may have missed the news, right? You were just busy. It's New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. I understand. You had, you had stuff to do, places to kick it, people to go see. But ESPN, one of his head college football analysts, Kurt Herbstreit, all right, says, I don't know if changing and expanding the playoffs is going to change anything. I really don't. I think this era of player just doesn't love football. And these were Kurt Herbstreit's comments in regards to top players sitting out bowl games in order to pair for, prepare for the NFL draft. This, was, this is what Mr. Herbstreit says. And... A part of me, I try, I try to, I try to look at both sides of the of the coin, right? Herb Street comes from the old school era where you just play for the love of the game. You play for school pride. You play because you love the game of football. 
But ultimately, man, this is whether people want to admit it or not. When you're a, a, a high level collegiate athlete, whether that's you know women's college basketball, college football, it's a business decision. You go to Alabama, not because you want to live in Tuscaloosa, not because that's the place to be, not because it's a great party town. If you're a high-level football player and you commit to Alabama, that is a business decision. You are going to Alabama because that is a feeder pipeline to the NFL. You're going to USC because you want to play in Lincoln Riley's offense and you want a chance to play at the next level. You're not going there. This is how much school pride. I want y'all to, 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 to understand something. And I know this is a very minute detail. When you're watching Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football and they're going through the list of uh, the, the players and they're going through the roster and it's like uh, uh, Tom Brady, Michigan, and then they go to the running back, Leonard Fournette, such and such high school, such and such prep, such and such. El- Some of these players, and I'm telling you because I know this for a fact, they have no love for the college that they went to. They literally, that was just a breeding and a feeding ground to get them to the next level. So when you see analysts come out and say stuff like this, like it, it, it doesn't, it has nothing to do about loving the game of football. It's about securing your future. That way you have a future at the next level. And this was, this was so evident this, this past weekend when for most of us, our quarterback won. Our QB won, and and we don't. We'll, we got plenty of time to argue once, but let, right now the consensus quarterback one in the 2022 NFL Draft is Matt Corral, quarterback at Ole Miss. He's the consensus QB one at this point in time. He goes out there and he plays a meaningless Sugar Bowl game uh, against Baylor and injures his leg to to whatever degree it was. He's on crutches. He can't put weight on it. And and let me ask you this, Jay. If I ask you about who like Baylor won that game. But if I ask you about that game, what's the one thing that you remember? What like when you think about Baylor versus Ole Miss, what pops into your head first? It's got to be Matt Corral. It's Matt crutches, Corral. He's, it's, he's got the high ankle sprain. It's it's Matt Corral on the crutches. You don't remember the fact that Abram Smith, uh, a converted linebacker, running yeah, yeah. back, had 170 rushing yards. You don't you don't remember the fact that they had. 10, 11 sacks in that game. You don't you don't think about any of that stuff. The only thing you think about when you think of the Baylor versus Ole Miss game is Matt Corral got injured. Now, uh, you said high ankle sprain. I hadn't seen an official report for what the injury actually was. And is this injury going to cost him first-round draft capital in the 2022 NFL draft? I don't believe so. I don't think this injury is going to knock him out of the first round. And for all we know, he could be fine and ready to go by March but we have seen in years past this completely just ruin uh, high-level NFL draft prospect stock. Jalen Smith, in the, in the game versus Ohio State, when Jalen Smith, former Notre Dame linebacker, goes out there and literally just mangles his knee, falls to the second round. Now, he still got drafted in the second round. He still got a second contract. But Jalen Smith was poised to be a top-five pick in that draft class. I believe 2016 was the draft class. Not only did it impact his draft stock and that immediate monetary gain that he could have received, he was never the same player. He had the drop foot issue. Jalen Smith was never the same. So when 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 Herb Street is saying stuff like this, man, listen, listen. You've got to, you you have to, you 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 have to protect your bag and do what you need to do in order uh, to secure your future. So I I'm not critical, and I honestly think we are close to the day where we see college players pull a Jamar Chase. 
and completely opt out of their final season, especially if they put enough on tape that they don't have to play. Like when we're looking ahead to 2023, Texas running back Bijan Robinson. I don't think Bijan Robinson has to play another snap, and he's still going to be the first or second running back off of the board in 2023. Bryce Young, we know he's going to play, but let's just say hypothetically, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. And we're going to get to JSN. Say they don't play another snap of college. All three of those guys are going to be first round picks. You know, a lot of people thought Jamar Chase was going to forget how to play football. He sat out 2020, sat out, trained, prepared, honed his craft for the NFL. And now he's honestly probably, is Jamar Chase the best young wide receiver in football? It's, it's got to be him or Justin Jefferson for, for wide receiver one. When you're talking dynasty fantasy football, it's him or Justin Jefferson. And to be honest with you, if you had to like bank on the situation, I just trust Joe Burrow more than I do Kirk Cousins. Uh, Tyreek Hill's still there. Devontae Adams, sure. We can make that argument. Dynasty, I don't think there's a question. It's Jamar Chase. You want him uh, opposed to Devontae Adams or, or Tyreek Hill. Maybe there's an argument with Justin Jefferson. The point is, he didn't forget how to play football. Kenneth Gainwell. You know, he's not taking over the backfield in Philadelphia like we thought, or maybe we, we, we had hopes that he can carve out more of a third down role, but he's still playing. Micah Parsons is damn near going to win Defensive Player of the Year. He sat out his entire 2020 season. These players are not going to forget how to play football. So, I, I, listen, man, I, we never thought in a million years that we'd see a top prospect opt out of Alabama, LSU, Notre Dame, and go to an HBCU, and you can say whatever you want. Oh, he got seven figures to go to Jackson State. He, Travis Hunter got all this money. He went. He's going to Jackson State. Travis Hunter could have gone to any college in America. And let me tell you something: a million at Jackson State. Let's just say he got half of that to go to Alabama. He'd make. He'd more than make up for it playing at Alabama. So we never thought in a million years we'd see a prospect choose an HBCU. I think we're real close, man to the day where these players, after they put stuff on wax for two years, they say, I'm out, man. I'm not I'm not doing it. Not, not only am I not playing in the bowl game this year, I'm going to prepare and train for the NFL next season and across different sports. And I know, I know it's a different sport. I know it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but LaMelo Ball, like you, you, you saw there are other avenues for these players to take in order to prepare and hone their skills for the next level. So as we look at Matt Corral, and again, I, I, don't, I don't know. You say high ankle sprain. I'm seeing there's potential for this, potential for that. I, I, I'm just hoping, hoping Matt Corral's injury does not, you know, significantly impact his draft stock. But I, I just am wholeheartedly disagreeing with Kurt Herbstreit in this notion that you have to you have to play to show the love of your game, uh, the, your school pride, because it's not about that at the end of the day, man. Like this is a business decision for all of these guys, um, and they need to do what's in the best interest of them as players. Now, do, do, do you do you agree? Am I off, Jay? Like. Am I off at all? And turn no, your you volume up. It. The people, the people are saying your volume is low. Turn your damn volume up. Maybe it's me. Maybe I need to turn it up for you. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. No, the problem is that you're always yelling, so you're you're overtaking my volume. But okay. the, the more important thing that you mentioned, right? Herb Street comments. They all were there. And and what people need to understand too that I think is a very valid point. ESPN aired 22 uh, or 20 of these 22 bowl games. Kirk Herb Street, I believe, gets paid two million dollars a year. So for him to say that, it's kind of like it's it's the self-interest as well of ESPN and the brand. They want to have these good players play. When you see Michigan State versus Pitt, 
but you see Kenny Pickett and and uh, Kenneth Walker aren't playing, are you really tuning into that game? Casual fan probably isn't. The NFL draft fan probably isn't, and that hurts ESPN. But it's not about that. They need to do what's in the best interest of them. Now, where, where I sort of disagree with certain people is that Matt Corral chose to play. Yes, he got hurt. That's unfortunate. But, you know, that was ultimately his choice to play. And to your point about the injury, I don't think it will hurt him that much. The no. only thing that it may hurt is his ability with some of those off-platform throws we keep seeing at Pro Days. He should be fine. You know, high ankle sprains is about a six-week injury recovery time. So it'll just be more the mobility factor in a combine, in a Pro Day that could maybe hurt him. But otherwise, the arm... It's secured, baby. So he's gonna. So be are, all you, right. are you? Are you? Are you sure it's? A, is is it a high ankle sprain? Is that the? I hadn't seen it, so I didn't know. Is that the injury? So, so that's what I saw reported. I believe it was Pro Football Doc said that. But as well, like when you see players on crutches, it's usually an ankle injury, and I don't believe he was in a boot at mm -mm. any point throughout the night, which is a good sign, right? So when you don't see a player in a boot, that means it's probably not an upper upper leg injury where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The knee, the hamstring. Right. So usually lo those those small injuries, the ankle injuries are just crutches. You walk it off. You take your time off. We've seen it plenty of times. Uh, but again, yeah, about six to eight weeks would probably be full recovery. Good to go for Corral. Um, but again, he's a quarterback, so he has to just stand there and deliver the ball. Yeah. And uh, again, I don't think it. this is what it's going to affect because there is I, I talked about Matt Corral being the consensus, but you still have Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Sam Howell jockeying for QB1. And I've, I've been saying it all along. I am not going to be shocked when the first quarterback his name called is Kenny Pickett. The first quarterback off of the board, 2022 NFL draft in four months, uh, Kenny Pickett, quarterback from Pitt. Like, I, I, I do, I think there's a very strong possibility he's the top guy off of the board. Um, you know, maybe it impacts his draft slot because he's not going to get to compete against those guys. He may not be 100% for those off-platform throws during his pro day. We'll see how it goes. But ultimately, I think we are headed down a path of some of these players saying, we're done, uh, I I'm not going to play this season, and we'll see how that plays out uh, moving forward. Now, your, your point about the bowl games this year, I was this close to tweeting out, this has been one of the most uninspiring bowl seasons that I've, I can remember. Like, I just have not been as dialed into this bowl season as possible. And I do think a big part of that is because of the players opting out, which I'm fine with. Like I, I don't sit at home and cry and cuss and bitch and moan and complain because Kenneth Walker's not playing because Kenny Pickett's not playing because Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave aren't on the field for Ohio. I just don't watch it. Like if I don't want to, if I don't, <laughs> if I don't want to see those teams play without their stars, I just don't watch it. I just find something else. But we have had some really good performances that I think uh, are, are going to start to factor into our dynasty mind frame going into rookie draft season. And and I think the first person in in this team played December 18th, I believe. And I think he's going to be the most divisive uh, quarterback and one of the most divisive players in the 2022 NFL Draft, and I'm talking about Liberty quarterback Malik Willis. Malik Willis uh, versus Eastern Michigan. He went nuts, man. He had 58 rushing yards, two touchdowns on the ground, uh, 231 uh, passing yards, and I think two or three touchdowns through the air. Uh, he looked incredible. Malik Willis is going to be at the Senior Bowl. Again, small school prospect, smaller school prospect from Liberty. Uh, there's a lot of comparisons to... A lot of the mobile dual threat quarterbacks that we've seen in the past, uh, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson types, the Kyler Murrays, the Michael Vicks, Malik Willis sort of gets lumped into that category. Uh, I, I, I see the upside. I see the upside and I see the talent with a Malik Willis. And if you hit 
on Malik Willis. And Malik Willis gets drafted to the Carolina Panthers, uh, to the Denver Broncos, to the Pittsburgh Steelers, New Orleans Saints. Say he falls in a really good landing spot. He gets the first-round draft capital, and he hits. He's going to hit in a major way. If he doesn't, I think you're going to know real quick that Malik Willis probably isn't the guy. And we're seeing this with the 2021 quarterbacks. A lot of them have needed time to develop. We saw Trey Lance start out rocky yesterday, turned it on late, got the win for for San Francisco, made some big throws. Uh, You saw the mobility with his legs. Zach Wilson, quarterback of the Jets, was god-awful, you know, first half of the year. He's turned it on, and he looks he looks pretty damn good. You know, when you're talking about the QBs from the 2021 class, I think the best two overall, by and large, from start to finish, have been Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. Trevor Lawrence, the generational talent. I'm just praying and hoping that the Jacksonville Jaguars organization has not broken Trevor Lawrence because he has been the probably the biggest letdown of the prospects from the 2021 class uh, this past season has been Trevor Lawrence. Like uh, I said it, multiple people said it, best quarterback prospect since Luck, best since Elway, best of all time. And honestly, he looks, it, it looks like we're staring at Josh Rosen. Now, part of that is Urban Meyer, part of that may be Trevor Lawrence, but uh, we're seeing these quarterbacks struggle. And that's my thing with Malik Willis. I do not think you want Malik Willis coming in from day one and starting for your NFL franchise. And I don't think for fantasy football purposes, we should be anticipating Malik Willis to come in and give us instant production. If you take Malik Willis in the first round of your rookie draft, just be prepared. You're probably going to have to sit on that for a minute, right? He's going to be a bitch. He's not going to give you any points. I do not think you want Malik Willis coming in from day one and starting for you, but he had a fantastic quarterback performance in his bowl game versus Eastern Michigan, and he's got a big opportunity in Mobile, Alabama later this month because Carson Strong is there. Kenny Pickett is there. We're waiting to see if Sam Howell goes. Bailey Zappi's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Desmond Ritter, all the top quarterback prospects outside of Matt Corral and right now still waiting on Sam Howell are going to be in Mobile. So I think that's going to be a massive, massive opportunity for all those quarterbacks there, but big time uh, for Malik Willis. We talked about Sam Howell declaring for the 2022 NFL Draft. We'll see if he shows up. Uh, to the Senior Bowl to compete with his counterparts in Mobile. Uh, Desmond Ritter versus Alabama. Ritter needed to show something. I did not think Cincinnati was going to beat Alabama. I didn't want to see Cincinnati play Alabama, and that game was boring as hell for the most part. But Desmond Ritter needed to show something. And I said if he showed just a little hint of, of, of high upside potential, just something Uh, then he's going to be solidified as a first-round quarterback. And outside of one throw down the middle, like I think it was in the third quarter, I didn't see much out of Desmond Ritter. Now, he did put a nice ball on Jerome Ford out of the backfield down the sideline that was dropped. It was a beautiful pass, beautiful pass by Desmond Ritter. But I'm just not seeing difference maker at the NFL level. It just looks like a backup quarterback to me. So Desmond Ritter went 17 for 32, 144 yards, 10 carries, negative six yards versus Alabama. Uh, We saw uh, the young 2023 prospect, Bryce Young. He didn't have a great game either, 181 yards, three touchdowns. So from the quarterbacks that matter for fantasy football that participated this bowl game, no Kenny Pickett, no Carson Strong. Sam Howell, meh. Malik Willis, awesome. Uh, Desmond Ritter, not very good. So we're still, there's no clarity. Matt Corral hurt. So there's still no clarity. As we head into the NFL draft season, I'm just going to ask everybody, I promise you, you just do not want to debate. It's just going to be a a, a revolving door 
of who's quarterback won in the 2022 class. I keep saying it. If they get drafted in the first round, they're going to matter and you're going to want them in fantasy. If they don't, take a dart throw and see what happens. Now, the big name, the big name, the big guy, Brian Robinson Jr. Jay, B-Rob, B-Rob went nuts. B-Rob had the game of his career. He was at Alabama, played 52 games at Alabama before he got his first career start this season, and he was in a timeshare with Jace McClellan to start the season. Jace McClellan goes down with a knee injury. It's the B-Rob show, and he makes the most of his opportunity. He had, what did he have, uh, 26 carries, 204 yards. It was a bowl game record. He's setting records, and you know what this feels like, right, Jay? You know this feels like Trey Sermon of last year, where Trey oh, Sermon, yeah. uh, the Northwestern game, the Big Ten title game, just going nuts. Trey Sermon rushing for two, 300 yards a game, gets drafted in the third round. Everybody's excited about Trey Sermon, and he was usurped very quickly by the sixth-round pick, Elijah Mitchell, out of Louisiana. Brian Robinson Jr., I'm seeing people on Twitter talking about B-Rob as RB3 in the class, uh, top five running back. This is... The classic case of uh, analysts out there who do yeah. not watch a lick of football, who just tapped in because there was nothing else to do on New Year's Eve. They saw Brian Robinson. They see the Alabama jersey, and they slot him in as a top running back. All Alabama running backs are not created equal. There's a big difference between Bo Scarborough and uh, Josh Jacobs, between Damian Harris and Najee Harris. And there's a hell of a lot of difference between Brian Robinson and everybody else that came before him. Do you know when Brian Robinson was recruited to Alabama, President Trump was just getting turned up in his presidency? Like he's been he's been at Alabama since 2017. 2017, Brian Robinson has been at Alabama. And here in the year 2022, he's just now getting it going for Alabama. 2020, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating with 2022, but you get what I'm saying, man. Like, B-Rob, I'm telling y'all, let your league mates have that landmark. You know, if, if he's a running back, so we're seeing all types of running backs get burned in the NFL because the position, they get banged up, but in no way, shape, or form should Brian Robinson be ranked as a top three, top four, running back in the 2022 NFL draft class. That's asinine, man. It's crazy to see that shit getting spewed right now. Yeah, and you tweeted it out, right? Uh, let, let the other league mates take that landmine. And and the crazy thing is we're going to see him because even against Georgia, he could have a 60, 70-yard game decent. But like you said, he's a plotter. He's going to take those carries. He's going to tote the rock, go up the middle, doesn't bounce it outside, fifth-year senior. I'm pretty sure Jonathan Taylor in his freshman season had more yards than Brian Robinson had in his entire career. And they recruited, <laughs> I believe, in the same recruiting class. Because Jonathan Taylor had almost 2,000 yards in his, in his first season, and I believe that's about how many yards B-Rob has. Now, B-Rob does have another game under his belt, so he's, he's still got a chance to pass JT's freshman season. But, uh, yeah, I will not be drafting any B-Rob. The only spot that he would probably look half decent would be as Derrick Henry's backup in Tennessee or somehow if he ended up in a New England uniform. Other than that, I don't really see a fit that makes sense for B-Rob. The end Listen, going to a pass-happy league, I don't even see him catch passes. So at that point, where's his value outside of being a plotter? Here's my thing. Joe, this is my thing. And I'm, I'm answering this question, right? What if he goes in the second round? If he gets drafted day two in the second round in the NFL draft, then he's going to – listen – I'm I'm just telling you I'd rather I'd rather pass. I'd rather I'd rather let my league mate take take that landmine 
opposed to me and Vest. Like, that's just me personally. I don't think he's a very good running back, but I've been wrong before. I said that about Ramadre Stevenson last year. He came out to the Senior Bowl. He was more explosive than we thought, and you saw very early during the preseason that Ramadre Stevenson was going to be a thing. I'm just not – it's taken him five years to get his opportunity, and part of that can be commended. He stuck around for five years, and he finally got to get get it going. But I just, if Jace McClellan hadn't been hurt, if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk first and foremost. But I'm just not there with Brian Robinson Jr. And I think this this is the type of stuff that gets people to overreact, right? When you see these type of performances from these players, uh, like the it just starts it starts going a little bit too left field. And I think we're already reaching that with Brian Robinson. Now we'll see how he does against Georgia. This game versus Georgia, Natty is set. Georgia right now, I think, is favored by three in that matchup. If B-Rob can continue that momentum versus Georgia, it's going to help his draft stock. I do think he is going to mobile for the Senior Bowl, um, but I, I just don't see enough explosiveness. I don't see the wiggle. Uh, he's, a, he's a hammer. He is what he is. He's a bruising hammer um, for fantasy purposes. I really don't want that, but at cost, at cost, I have no problem taking Brian Robinson. What I'm just telling y'all, don't slot him as a top three back in this class. The top three backs are Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker. In some order, we'll debate that later on. But those are your top three backs in the 2022 NFL draft class. And I'm seeing some people, I don't like Robinson, but I'm a sucker for draft capital. I, I feel you. I feel you. And and if the draft capital is there, you, you, you have every right to take that shot. You have every right. Just don't be upset when he is Trey Sermon, uh, Trey Sermon 2.0. Now, other players who performed well in the bowl game, Jamison Williams, not a big game, seven receptions, 62 yards. A lot of people have him as wide receiver one in the 2022 class. We'll see how he does this week versus Georgia. He was eliminated from one of those. I think the Auburn game, he got kicked out, comes back, balls against Georgia in the SEC title game. We'll see how he does in the national championship game. But a wide receiver that's really rising for me, Jay, this dude right here, Juan Dale Robinson out of Kentucky. Monster, monster performance in his bowl game. I don't know if he's declared yet. I think there was a lot of talk about him coming back for his senior season with Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky, uh, who's already said he's coming back for the 2022 season. And I think Will Levis is going to position himself to be a first-round pick in 2023. But Wondell Robinson is incredible. And as Big Rig just said in the comments, just cook Iowa, who's a great defense. And I think that is a very good point to make. Not a good defense. Iowa is a great defense. Now, I do think they were down one of their top safeties, but it wouldn't have mattered. Wondell Robinson is special. He is, uh, Jay, he is what I think I wanted a combination of LaVisca Chenault and Rondell Moore to be. Because at Nebraska, two years at Nebraska, he was like part-time running back, part-time wide receiver, goes to Kentucky. And it's not just his tape. All the analytical numbers are just through the roof for Wondell Robinson this season. And the difference between him and a Rondell Moore, Rondell's 5'7", 180. Uh, Wondell Robinson listed at 5'11", 190. So he's in that Odell Beckham type build, which means you can play X, you can play the Z, you can play the outside receiver role at the next level, where Rondell Moore can't do that. Like, Rondell's been a healthy scratch, to my knowledge, the past couple of weeks in the NFL season. Wondell Robinson, I have him pretty damn high in my personal rankings right now. I've got Wondell as, I believe, wide receiver five or six in the 2022 class. And if he declares he's going to test well during his pro day and at the combine, and he's a player that I think he, he's 
a sneaky candidate to get back in first round draft capital, depending on his size and how he tests. But I think he's a lock for, for round two draft capital. And for a wide receiver, that's going to be money. Now, this wide receiver class is deep. So, you know, lock up your running backs and rookie drafts. And we got plenty. We're going to go through, we're going to go through a ton of mocks, people. Trust me. We're going to have you covered. But Wondell Robinson is somebody that I am just, I am loving what I'm seeing from Wondell Robinson. And I think he is an impact player from day one once he gets drafted at the next level. Uh, you know, you, you just see him out there. You see the speed. You see the explosiveness. He provides that special teams ability. Not quite Jalen Waddle level of athlete, I believe, but damn good physical and he's got the size. So I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Wondell Robinson. Also, when you're talking about running backs from this bowl season, the performances that matter, I tweeted it out. I wanted to see Hassan Haskins, and I wanted to see this player, James Cook. James Cook, listen, he's not going to be an every-down hammer. And yes, this is the younger brother of Dalvin Cook. He waited his turn at Georgia. But the thing about Georgia, Kirby Smart has already come out and said multiple times, regardless if we have Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, DeAndre Swift, Zamir White, no running back is going to demand the, the primary you know, touch count in our offense. We're going to rotate backs. We're going to keep you fresh for the NFL. But you see the talent that James Cook has, right? Six carries, 32 yards, four receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown. He's a beast. He is a satellite plus type back. Uh, he, he's a monster. I, I love what I'm seeing out of James Cook. And, he, and everyone keeps asking me, who is he at the next level? I'm not one for early comps. I just don't like doing that. And I haven't looked at James Cook enough in depth to make a concrete comparison. But he's in that Austin Eckler type role. Like Eckler is not going to command 300 carries out of the backfield. But that's not where his value lies in fantasy. It's the fact that Austin Eckler can catch 10 passes in a game. That he can command 10 targets in a weekly game. And then carry the ball you know, 15, 16, 17 times. And Eckler, to his credit, has built his body up to where he can actually handle that workload. But I think James Cook is going to be a massive riser uh, throughout this process. Where does he get drafted? Uh, I don't know. I, late day two is what I'm thinking right now. Maybe a th if I had to just pick draft capital for James Cook, I'm thinking right now at this moment, Jay, probably a late third looking at an early fourth-round pick for James Cook. But throughout this process, yeah. in his skill set, and I'm just telling you, the name cachet of being Dalvin Cook's little brother could propel him into day two. And if James Cook gets day two draft capital, you talked about Brian Robinson being a complimentary back. Think about James Cook in Tennessee. Think about James Cook in Tennessee yeah. because we know Derrick Henry, in two-minute drills, he's never on the field. When they got to throw the ball, he's not on the field. You put him in that offense where you've got a massive hammer like Derrick Henry and then James Cook comes in to spell him, he can get his five to six targets a game. I'm just – that was the first name that popped up, but it's it, it sounds like a good fit for him to be sort of a complimentary 1B back. He's the Tony Pollard to Ezekiel Elliott. He could be that to a Derrick Henry in the NFL. I'm just telling you, watch, watch, watch James Cook. I think he's going to be a massive riser during the 2022 NFL draft process. And last but not least, this player is not eligible in 2022. He's not eligible in 2022. But we got to talk about it because he put up QB numbers at the wide receiver position. If I said your quarterback went 15 for 16, 347 yards and three touchdowns, that's a great quarterback performance, Jay. Wouldn't you agree? Like, that's quarterback was efficient. That would be the disgusting. That's, that's <laughs> Joe Burrow. That's Joe right? Burrow. That's Joe Burrow right there. That's Joe Burrow. No, no, no. 
This was Ohio State sophomore Jackson Smith in Jigba. And I just have to say this. I love JSN because he literally played two minutes down the street from where we live. Five, it's like five minutes. Five minutes in Rockwall, Texas, down the street, Jackson Smith and Jigba played football. Uh, and, and I've been hearing about this kid for the past three years. I've actually got some funny stories about JSN. I will not tell on this show, but uh, met him at Walmart one night. And uh, uh, you got to listen to the podcast for that. But it's a pretty cool story about JSN. But 300, and I, I just can't, I still can't wrap my mind around this performance. And then Jamar Chase goes out there and tries to get three bills in the NFL. JSN, uh, he's not eligible until 2023, but the size, the speed, he set the single season record for, I believe, receptions, yards, touchdowns for Ohio State this year. And that's with Garrett Wilson. That's with Chris Olave. That's with Jeremy Rucker. That's with Travion Henderson. Jackson Smith and Jigba right now is looking like the wide receiver one in 2023. I know a lot of us have had Kayshawn Boutte at wide receiver one. Matt Bruning, the Campus to Canton guy, uh, founder, one of the co-founders of Campus to Canton. He and I still have Kayshawn Boutte as wide receiver one. But JSN is coming, and he's coming quick. And I think that he and C.J. Stroud are locks, locks to be high NFL draft picks in 2023. We didn't even talk about C.J. Stroud. He was magnificent in this matchup, too. And the fact that they're only going to get better. Marvin Harrison Jr. is there. Trevion Henderson comes back. If Ohio State can find some defense, just some, just a little bit of defense, because Utah was on their ass early in that game, uh, put money on on C.J. Stroud to win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is your top-rated wide receiver in 2023. And C.J. Stroud, I, a lot of people are just saying Bryce Young, QB1 in 2023. I, I think there's a debate. I could see C.J. Stroud. with a, He's got he's a bigger body. Uh, I think his arm is just as good. He probably has a bigger arm than Bryce Young, I believe. Bryce Young doesn't really get praised for a cannon of an arm. It's the accuracy. It's the poise. It's the mental processing. Uh, C.J. Stroud is all the makings of a QB1 in 2023. And if your NFL team is too fearful to take a Malik Willis or Sam Howell or Carson Strong in 2022, in 2023, you have to get one of Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. And I'm just going to I'm going to put my stamp on this player early now, just like I did Mac Jones last season. I think Will Levis is positioning himself to be QB3 off of the board. He's got a big arm. He's mobile. You look at Will Levis's rushing numbers in college, very Justin Herbert-esque. And you talk about a cannon of an arm. I don't think there's any quarterback in college football that's eligible in 2023 that has the arm strength, the arm talent of Will Levis out of Kentucky. So it's just shaping up to be a very good class in 2023. And we always say next year's class is better than this year's class. But JSN, CJ Stroud, Ohio State, uh, these wide receivers are talented. They're good. Uh, I see Joe Sanchez talking about, my girl Joe talking about, I remember an interview with Olave Wilson and JSN where they all said JSN was the most talented. And I, I believe that's true. I think that Chris Olave was the third best prospect on Ohio State's team. And a lot of people don't like to hear that. I, I just... I'm not saying Chris Olave is going to be a bust at the next level. I believe, I said he reminds me of like a poor man's Emmanuel Sanders, a fantastic route runner. He's good tracking the ball. I just, I, I'm not seeing, I'm seeing people say he's wide receiver one, wide receiver two in the 2022 class. I don't see that from Chris Olave. Uh, when I watch Jackson Smith and Jigba, when I watch Garrett Wilson, those two look like special 
special players at the NFL level. And right now, there's a lot of people saying that Jamar Chase, uh, that Jackson Smith and Jigba is giving off Jamar Chase vibes. Not sure if I want to go that far quite yet, but I think he's building a case to be that level of prospect in 2023. But overall, bowl season kind of... Eh, we're going to get a lot more clarity on these 2022 prospects as we move forward. Uh, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. We're going to be talking about, what are we talking about tomorrow, Jay? What the hell are we doing tomorrow? What's tomorrow's show? Tomorrow we're doing the fantasy year, like yearly rookie review. So we're talking Jamar uh, Chase, Devontae yeah. Smith, Jalen Waddell, you know, yeah. all the rookie running backs. Maybe we'll talk some Trey Sermon. You know, we'll, okay. we'll tell the people what they got to do with their Trey Sermon shares. We'll talk Elijah Mitchell broke the rookie record for 49ers rushing yards. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. JSN yeah. though. Woo! Him yeah, he's CJ a beast. Stroud. Rose Bowl records galore. Yeah, Rose Bowl is always fun. So there you go. Jay, the producer, said tomorrow we'll be looking at our rookie review from this season, uh, who you need to be buying, what rookies you need to be dumping, where I was right, where I was wrong. Damn, Devonta Smith wide receiver one was the wrong call, Jay. It is and it was always Jamar Chase. Uh, he's just, he's incredible, but we'll get into that tomorrow. We appreciate y'all tapping in. We're back, baby. Make sure you can tell your friends, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will be up live and at you tomorrow to talk about those rookies. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and, uh, we'll be back, man. We love y'all. We're glad to be back. Happy new year. Make it great. We out of this thing. Peace.